Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Let's get to Tim Moe. He is the chief APAC equity strategist at Goldman Sachs, who joins uh, from Singapore. Tim, thanks for being with us. Let's talk mainland China. We have uh, a little bit of disappointment that Evergrande did not deliver its preliminary restructuring plan as it said it, or as it promised to do by the end of uh, July. And then over the weekend, uh, an unexpected contraction in factory activity. Are you bearish on China? Uh, no, Doug. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, we're we're um, we're not. I mean, it's it's it, it, it certainly disappointed by the by the PMI number that came out, which uh, printed 49. That was lower than in the expectation. I would note there's a bit of a buffering that the uh, the non-manufacturing PMI, the services PMI, reduced a bit also, but it's still comfortably above 50. So there's a bit of a it's a bit of a buffer in the numbers, but that doesn't gloss over the fact that uh, that, that the activity levels are weak. Uh, we still think that when the full July data set it, uh, comes out, uh, and that will be printed sometime over the next uh, over the next two weeks, that um, you know the picture will still be one of a sequential recovery from the depths of the of the second quarter, and that really is our sort of core construct for China equities, which is that we expect to see sequential uh, rebound in economic activity. Although, as as mentioned, there's some there's some concern there about that. Um, number two, the equity market has discounted a lot of concern, particularly given the, uh, the soft performance in July, where it gave back a lot of the very, very strong second quarter outperformance uh, and, and strong uh, absolute performance. Um, and overall, investor positioning is still quite light. Uh, so we still think that there are good reasons to think that China equities can continue to uh, make some progress into the 20th Party Congress. Uh, but clearly, there will be all eyes on the extent to which policy support is indeed forthcoming. Yeah. And I think that's where, what the market is concerned about right now. And Tim, were you surprised that we kind of had a lack of detail in terms of new stimulus policies announced last week? Yeah, I, 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 in, in a word, yes. And I think to unpack that a little bit further, that I think what the authorities and policymakers are trying to do is walk a fairly narrow line between providing adequate support and, and, and appropriate support for an, for, an, for an economy which clearly needs it, but not committing the same mistakes that they did over 10 years ago post the global financial crisis when they overstimulated and then got into the huge debt buildup, which they're still dealing with. So uh, that that's a pretty narrow path to walk, and uh, you know, like I think the, the short-term tactical risk is that they may be air too much in the side of 
being conservative and not providing enough uh, support for the economy because at the end of the day, growth is, you know, is critical, particularly if you want to avoid uh, credit stress. Mm -hmm. One most important thing is to make sure the economy continues to grow. Tim Mo, Chief Asia Pacific Equity Strategist at Goldman Sachs, also joining us from Singapore to discuss your views on uh, some of the other countries that we're watching in the Asia Pacific. Doug mentioned that your call here was a 25% chance of recession in Australia over the next 12 months and 30 to 35% in New Zealand. I was just in Australia a few weeks ago. I've got to agree with you with the amount of spending I saw and uh, every single restaurant and cafe absolutely packed. Why do you think that these countries will avoid a recession? Is it the fact that there's just very strong uh, household balance sheets here? Uh, well, the key point, and this was articulated in a release just this morning by one of our Australian economists, is that um, if you look at the factors which have tended to contribute to software economic growth, in either Australia or New Zealand, um, and they tend to include things like uh, what's going on elsewhere, obviously in the United States where we've had some weak, weak numbers in Europe, but also add a variety of uh, domestic indicators, uh, including equity prices and also various other activity measures. Uh, you can construct you know, very statistical models which, which, which would quantify the, the probability of recession. And the, the point of the report this morning was that you know, if you put all that stuff into the, the models that we've constructed, that suggests that there's about a 25% chance of recession over the next 12 months in Australia. Now, we, we are at haste to point out that this is just sort of a rough guide rather than a strict rule, um, but it just suggests that there's uh, you know, a number of indicators that we need, to, we need to we need monitor. Now, to be clear, our base case <clears throat> expectation is, is not that we will have a recession, uh, but we're just highlighting the fact that you know, this, this confluence of events suggests that those risks have indeed uh, increased. So we seem to be in agreement that global growth is going to have a meaningful slowdown, whether it's in Europe, parts of Asia, or Europe, or the U.S., uh, but I'm wondering, Tim, whether or not you think there is a greater probability now that we're going to have a, a potential Fed pivot sometime, let's say, in the next six months. Well, that's clearly what the market's expecting. If you look at the forward pricing of Fed funds, <clears throat> what you'll see is that uh, the market and and we by uh, uh, and we as well are looking at a 50 basis point hike in September and then two final 25 basis point hikes in November and in December. Where there's a variance, however, is that we think that the Fed will likely stay at roughly sort of a 3.3, 3.4% rate for some time, whereas the market is actually pricing in between two and three cuts uh, over the next uh, 12 months to the end of 2023. Um, That seems to us to be overly... Uh, optimistic or overly sort of you know, confident about, about Fed cutting, or maybe from an equity market perspective, I think the, uh, the cognitive dissonance that we would identify is that if the market's indeed correct in its pricing of the Fed starting to cut meaningfully, then the, uh, the earnings growth numbers, for example, for the S&P, look overly optimistic. In other words, you can't sort of have you know, pretty decent uh, earnings growth while at the same time the Fed's cutting, which would likely be catalyzed by a much weaker economy than, than those sort of earnings uh, you know, forecasts would, uh, would, would be relying on. So that in turn uh, suggests that the market might be getting a little bit overly optimistic about uh, you know, the sort of sweet spot here in terms of easy Fed, but still, you know, still good, good earnings growth. Tim, final quick word on Korea. We saw exports extend gains in July. You are market weight on South Korea. 
Uh, that's correct. Uh, we're market weight, but but really sort of uh, you know you know itching to be more constructive. Um, I realize we don't have too much time now, but the the high level story is that Korea is clearly uh, sort of the most globally sensitive uh, cyclical economy and equity market in the region. And so you want to be a little bit careful about being overly constructive as the global economy looks like it's slowing down, as all the recent evidence and what we've just been talking about would suggest. Uh, that being said, the market looks very inexpensive. It's trading uh, very much toward the low end of its historical range, both in absolute terms and also relative to the rest of the region. Um, yeah. And we've got a couple of other catalysts that could be coming up. So uh, we want to be turning more constructive, but just think it's a bit early to do so. All right. Thank you so much. As always, Tim Mo, Chief Asia Pacific Equity Strategist at Goldman Sachs, on the line for us from Singapore. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.